Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear from Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck after signing their big long-term contract extensions. And then Pat Steinberg of Sportsnet 960 in Calgary joins us to preview the season as the Jets take on the Flames Wednesday night. That's all coming up on the podcast. In the opener of the NHL season, if you're like me and think, wait, this, this, this is the game they chose to start with? Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay, fair enough. Tampa, Nashville doesn't entirely move the needle, but okay. That doesn't do it for you. How about Connor Bedard versus Sidney Crosby? Well, that's coming up just after 7 o'clock. That's, that's much better. And then cracking at Golden Knights as the Golden Knights raise their Stanley Cup banner. That starts just after 9.30. We've also got uh, one game of the MJHL tonight, Swan Valley at Nipawa. And in the MMJHL, we got three games. Four games, even. Yes, it's four games that we'll get through as those games begin at 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros, who were super good on the road this year, they lay the hammer to the Twins. They get four runs in the first, never look back. 9-1 the final to take a 2-1 series lead in the ALDS. Baltimore trying to keep their season alive. They are very good on the road this year, too. Not as good as the Astros, but that's game three in Texas tonight. First pitch, 7-0-3. And here we go. What news did we have on a Thanksgiving Monday when you were maybe off with your family? Maybe you were chilling. I know I was out just enjoying some fresh air and came inside, had a about to go in the shower, just looking on my phone, and I checked Instagram stories because you just do these mindless things. And I see that Jay Richardson, a friend at Power 97 and Jets PA announcer, had shared that Social media image extended. And I thought, wait a second, what? And there it is. Yes. Seven year extensions for Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley. I, I literally had my, it, it was a jaw dropper. I was staring at my phone, mouth agape. I couldn't believe it. I said, wow, it happened two days before the season started. Seven year contract extensions worth $8.5 million that will kick in in the 2024-25 season. You've got the first player ever drafted by the Jets, 11th overall. Pardon me, 7th overall in 2011. That's the 11 part of it. He's been great in the playoffs. And Hellebuck, I mean, what a find in 2012. Vezina Trophy winner, one of the best goalies in the world. Now they're both here for, I don't want to say the rest of their careers. People have been saying, oh, they're going to retire as Jets. You don't know that. Blake Wheeler got bought out, right? We probably said a number of years ago, he'd retire as a Jet. He didn't. So we can't say that. We can't look seven, eight years down the road. But we can say with great certainty that they're going to be spending just about their whole careers in Winnipeg, if not their entire careers. Yes, I'm just being difficult, but getting that out there. So that was yesterday. Today we got to hear from the men after signing this big deal. Hellebuck says conversations with Mark Scheifele and his wife, Andrea, were very instrumental in reaching a decision to commit here long term. Countless hours of just listening and hearing me try to prepare for the future and and the hours that I put in and, and dealing with the kids. So thank you for that. But between Mark, I, I'm, I've seen him during the summer, so I've seen him a couple times, and we always pick each other's brains about what we think 
where we're at and what we think the future holds for us. So, I mean, there's definitely some good dialogue there. And what about the idea of a hometown discount for the two guys? Yeah, and, and that's the tough game that you that we play, the business side of it, where do you really want to chase money or do you want to chase a cup? And, you know, there's a lot of risks that go into playing a season and hitting the free market. You just never know what the cap's going to do. You never know what the, the needs are around the league. And that's where you just try to gather as much information as you can so you can make the best decision that you can. That being said, I think our our contracts are good enough for us to keep a good team around us. I would say so, too. I mean, the contract extensions are going to keep that AAV kind of high to start, but then as it goes through and the salary cap rises, 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 percentage of the cap drops. Yeah, I could see that, especially short term. Hellebuck today talks as well the benefit of keeping most of the core intact. We've been a good team. We are a good team. And we've shown that for years. And I think when you look at the league as, as a whole over the last 10 years, the Winnipeg Jets are up there at the top and, and wins and, and chances at cups. So that's very, very desirable. I, I think with these contracts, it, it helps show people around the league that not only you come here to win, but you come here to succeed as a player, as an individual. Our team is pretty dialed, and that leads into more guys getting dialed and more guys learning the proper way and what's going to make you feel good and play good. And I think that's what you want to be as a player. When you're coming in this league and you're, everyone talks about becoming a pro and being a good pro, well, if you have guys in front of you that are showing you exactly how to do it, then there's no questions about it. Dialed, likes using that term, dialed. And so you look at this t- team now. Shifley signed forever through the end of 2031. Same with Hallibuck. Morrissey signed through 2028. Connor through 2026. And then, it, you know, everyone else is up in the next couple of years. Ehlers has two years left. I follow two years left. Velarde, two years left. Appleton, Nemestikov, Baron, Kapari. Schmidt, Pionk, and Samberg, all with two years left. Lowry has three with Connor, and then other guys have one left. So it is short-ish term right now. And this team, well, you don't have to worry about the whole season of, oh, man, they have to be good because then if they're not good, do they trade Hellebuck and Shifley at the deadline? That's gone now. That's all gone. And now they go forward with this group. And I know Jets fans are excited. 204-780-6868 if you want to share your thoughts with me on the show tonight. But from what I saw online yesterday, people were were mostly thumbs up for this. People want to stay here in our city is a good thing. And Hellebuck talked about why this is a reason to be personally excited. I like to try to keep my emotions under me, so you're not going to see me get too high, too low. But like I said, there's there's times where you need to let those emotions out and you need to get high and you need to feel what it's like up there. So inside, I'm up there. Um, I might not be showing it, but inside I'm up there and I'm really I'm enjoying this and this is a start for an amazing next, well, eight years, but another seven years on top of that. To, uh, to the career, and hopefully we can bring a cup home for the Winnipeg Jets. 
And another one of the reasons he committed? you got to gather a ton of information when you're in the shoes I am. And after gathering all that information, I had good talk with Chevy before camp and how much he wanted to win and what he was willing to do to win. And I think those are important conversations to have because a guy could feel that way, and if he never says it, you just don't know. And then your mind starts to wander. So really putting those words down on paper, it's, it means a lot. Because when I'm putting all that work in the summer and I'm grinding and I'm putting my body in the line every day, you want to see everyone else doing the exact same. And it's not just in the locker room. It takes a whole organization to win a cup. And that's why they give away those Stanley Cup rings to everyone. Because it does take everyone. It takes a whole organization. It takes everyone off off the ice and the media and the, um, the medical staff. It takes everyone. So when you know, you know everyone around you feels the exact same way you do. You, you know you're going to succeed. He's the most important player on the Winnipeg Jets, Connor Hellebuck. There's no doubt about that. He's been the backbone of this team for years. And is this contract going to age well? Neither of these, history would suggest, will age great as they go into their mid to late 30s. But this is the reality of the NHL, where part of these long contracts is paying for past performance. And the Jets, to win a Stanley Cup, need Connor Hellebuck to be in goal and need him to be great. I'm not saying I think this team can win the Stanley Cup as presently constructed. I would say they can't. You never know, getting into the playoffs, I would say this team is not on that level. But another thing they need is Mark Scheifele. He's their number one center. He's offensively very gifted. The question I have is defense. He's one of the lesser defenders at his position in the league. Will he step up and make that jump? That's one of the questions we have for him on the ice. But as far as getting the deal done is concerned, Mark Scheifele... It wasn't necessarily the top priority. It wasn't on my mind a whole lot. You know, once the kind of process started, um, you know, obviously you'd rather sooner than later, but you just never know how those things go. And, you know, that's why I, you know, have a great agent in Craig Oster. And, um, you know, he handles all that stuff. And, you know, obviously very happy it's it's done now. And, and we can just get to playing hockey. And much like Hellebuck said, talking to Kevin Chevel day off about the future, Shifley says a one-on-one convo with Chevy right before training camp. It was impactful for him too. Face to face is always where you get the the most done and the most the most out of you. Know, you see their see their reactions, but you know those conversations are between me and him. But you know, it's safe to say those conversations went well, and I you know I uh, you know that's why I'm here. So you know we had we had a lot of great conversations, and I I applaud Chevy for the you know for you know conversing with me and Helly and, and giving us an idea of you know what they see, what they see in us, what they see in the organization and, and also giving us the chance to, you know, let them let him know what, what we see as, as players. So, you know, I applaud him and, and you know very thankful for, you know, the conversations we've had. And he also talked about seeing a picture of him signing his first NHL deal a dozen years ago to the day. You don't always think about that until, you know, you see something like that and then it, you know, brings up so many memories and, and so many thoughts and, you know, what was going on in my brain during that during that time? So it, it, it's it's cool to see something like that in uh, my first NHL game. So it's it's all uh, you know it's all a whirlwind, but you know God's got a plan for everything, and just got to trust Him. So Hellebuck is back, Shifley is back, and it's time for the season to start tomorrow, and time for us to take a break. We're going to be back with lots more from today's media availability. The man who signed the two, Kevin Chevaldeoff. 
so close to the chest he keeps those cards. There was no leaks at all. There was no indication from any insider or any direction that this was coming. We're just over 24 hours away from the start of the Winnipeg Jets season. Just after 9 p.m. tomorrow night in Calgary, the Jets and Flames begin their respective campaigns in the Saddle Dome. So to preview the action, we're joined by Pat Steinberg, host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960. Pat, how excited are you for some NHL hockey? I'm mostly just excited that the preseason's over. I don't know, how many did did the Jets play? Because we played eight out here, and uh, that was a lot. We had six. Uh, So you had six? That's a more reasonable number. I think six should be eight is a lot. And one of them was a split squad. Mm. Anyway, uh, for that reason alone, I'm looking forward to the season starting. But also, it's just you you get the the anticipation for any season. It's always high. But I don't know. It feels like there's a little bit of a different vibe around this team. And it feels like maybe things actually are able to be a little more positive. A little more upbeat, a little more light around this team this year. And if you go back to what happened last year and how miserable it was last year, anything more upbeat and more light and with better vibes is a good thing for this team. So I'm just excited to see how that all plays itself out and how it manifests itself on the ice. And that's that's the interesting thing is we can talk all we want about it being better vibes and, you know, being a more positive atmosphere, which is all true, but until it actually translates on the ice and we see what type of impact that has on the ice, if any at all, it's kind of just, it's kind of just window dressing and lip service. So they're basically the same team that started last year. And last year, the expectations were high. People were raving about the Flames and the offseason they had and potentially being better with Huberdo and Uyghur and Kadri. And then obviously last year was an absolute disaster. Well, they're not all that different. Toffoli's out. Sharon Govich is in. They've got an exciting young rookie in Coronado. They've added a couple of fringe pieces. But they're really essentially the same team that missed the playoffs last year and underachieve to a large degree. So if they achieve to maybe kind of what everybody hoped and expected them to or close to it, I I don't think it's crazy to think this team could be a playoff team. So just for that reason, I'm excited to see what this group is like, what this new Flames group is able to do in year two with some of these new faces. How much of that optimism is no more Dale Sutter and – now it's Ryan Huska behind the bench. That is a big part of it. And and I say that not to disparage Daryl at all, because Daryl's a two-time Stanley Cup winning head coach. He'll go in the Hall of Fame when it's time and, and will deservedly be in the Hall of Fame when it's time. But what it, there's no question it was time for a change. It was it got stale, it got negative, and last year was miserable for a lot of players. And so you go from that to uh, numerous veteran players butting heads with a head coach to players basically saying, I won't be here if the coach remains and forcing the team's hand essentially to make a coaching change despite the fact that a brand new high price extension hadn't even kicked in yet. That tells you that it got really bad last year. And so 
because of that, I think we're talking about Ryan Huska bringing in a completely different approach and way of doing things. And there's no doubt about that he is. One of the things that he's talked about is he wants to bring a really consistent message. And again, that's no knock on Daryl Sutter, but one of Daryl's tactics was to always be changing the blueprint or always be changing the playing field. So he'd always be coming at players a little bit differently and each day was a different approach. And that was kind of to keep the players on edge and you never know exactly what to expect from the coach. Well, Ryan Huska wants to do things a little bit differently, a consistent message, a generally positive message, not to say that he won't be hard or won't be critical when need be, but the way that he approaches things, the way that he delivers that message and more, I think is going to be pretty positive so, and, and pretty consistent on top of that. And there's a lot of respect for this new coach inside the room. He's been with a lot of these players for at least a half decade. Some of these guys like Rasmus Anderson and Andrew Mangiapane, he's been with them for the better part of a decade going back to their time in the American Hockey League. So, I think it's a big part of it. You add Craig Conroy, who just exudes enthusiasm at all time as the new general manager, and a number of players who just want to prove that what happened last year was not the norm. Then you, you add all those things together, and that's where I think the, positive, the more positive vibes and the more positive approach is coming from. Let's take a look at tomorrow's matchup specifically now. I'm not going to put any stock really in the two preseason games the teams played against one another. You've got this Calgary team feeling better after last year's down. The Jets squeaked into the playoffs and pretty much running it back after, well, trading Pierre-Luc Dubois away and getting a bunch of parts back for him. What do you see as the difference between these two teams tomorrow night and, and looking ahead at what could be a battle for a wild card spot again between these two? Man, it sure, it sure does feel like that could be the case again with Winnipeg and Calgary going wire to wire for one of those two Western Conference wildcard spots, doesn't it? And, you know, it's funny because in a lot of ways, the Jets and Flames kind of mirrored one another or, or their off-seasons could have mirrored one another, right? Like they both were teams that underachieved last year based on expectations, and they both were teams that were expected to make all kinds of change this summer. And each team made a more pretty significant trade. Obviously, Winnipeg's is one of the blockbusters of the summer as PLD went to L.A., but, you know, they make the Dubois trade and Wheeler leaves and in Calgary. But the Foley trade was made and Lucic and Lewis leave. Some of the veteran kind of Daryl Sutter holdovers, they leave. But Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, and some of the other names that we all wondered about their futures with the team, still with the Flames, still on an expiring contract. And then in Winnipeg, prior to Monday, same thing with Shifley and Hellebuck. And then all of a sudden, the Jets shock everybody and sign both guys to seven-year deals. So that kind of changes the whole thing because it felt like the Jets were kind of in this limbo spot like the Flames were. And we didn't really know what the direction of Winnipeg was going to be going forward. And now they've got two of their most important players signed long-term for another seven years. So as a result, the Jets seem like they're on a little bit more solid ground than the Flames are because we don't know what's going to happen with Elias Lindholm and what's going to happen with Noah Hannafin specifically. Are they going to play two months of the season with the Flames? 
is one going to sign long-term and be there all year long? Are they going to be guys that the Flames look to trade in November? Or are these guys that they're going to look to trade come the trade deadline? And because of that uncertainty, there's just kind of this air of unstableness with the Flames all year long until some of these questions are answered. So I think the Flames will be more competitive than they were last year in that I think that just having a bounce back year from Jonathan Huberdeau to a lesser extent, Elias Lindholm to a pretty strong extent, Andrew Mangiapane and obviously Jacob Markstrom and that if they have bounce back years and not even like they don't need to go back to being the career seasons they had, but if they get back to just their career norms, then this team should be four or five points better than they were last year. And if the jets don't have a complete tank session in the final quarter of the season, they're probably much higher in the standings when it's all said and done and much more comfortably in a playoff spot. So if you combine those two things, yeah, I think both these teams fighting in the high 90s for one of those last two playoff spots, I don't think that's out of the question at all. I don't see a lot separating these two teams, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they go head-to-head when they, uh, when they meet on Wednesday night. I think a big deal between the two is what divisions they're in. I think the Pacific, its consensus is better at the top. It's got more teams at the top. I think at the bottom, the Pacific's probably worse than the Central. So uh, you kind of have a give and take there. But what's your biggest concern about the Flames going into this year? Well, I think the number one concern is scoring. Because last year, they didn't score a whole lot. And they didn't do a very good job keeping the puck out of their own net. But... With Jacob Markstrom, I think that we can at the very least have a decent amount of confidence that he's not going to be one of the worst goaltenders in the NHL this year, which, to be perfectly honest, he was last year. That was not a great year for a number one goaltender. He struggled mightily, and as a result, the Flames struggled mightily. And when you don't have your $6 million goaltender being a $6 million goaltender on most nights, you're going to struggle. And they, I think they finished at an 889 team save percentage last year, so if that just rebounds to the norm and they can be like a 909 team save percentage this year, we're talking about a completely different story in terms of that. But where I don't think they've taken a big step forward is when it comes to scoring. They had a lot of trouble turning a ton of offensive zone time into meaningful offense last year. And as much as I think Jonathan Huberdeau will be much better this year, and as much as I think Andrew Mangiapane will have a bounce back, and as much as I think a, a rookie in Matt Coronado has a really nice season ahead of him, it all just, they seem still very pedestrian offensively when you take a look at this offense, or that would be my worry. Like they don't have a game breaker on this team. They don't have that guy that can take over a hockey game. And I know that not every team does, but for a team that is over the salary cap and deep into LTIR, you'd expect them to have one of those guys that can change the course of a hockey game single-handedly. And when they had Matthew Kachuk and when they had Johnny Gaudreau, they have that. But with Huberdo and with Kadri and with some of the other guys they have on this team, they've got really good players, but nobody who can basically turn the course of a hockey game or take a team on their back single-handedly. And so because of that, I know they're going to be doing offense by committee and it's all about their depth and kind of a, a Vegas golden Knights model. But that would be my biggest concern is do they have enough scoring 
to raise themselves from the middle of the pack to being an upper echelon team. Because I think firmly Calgary's a middle of the pack team. I think they're playoff competitive. There's a decent enough chance that they're one of the eight playoff teams in the Western Conference. But can they be anything more than that? Can they be a team that challenges to win a round or two if they make the playoffs? Until I see that the offense has taken a big step forward this year, I don't know if I'm there yet. Sounds like you're kind of describing Winnipeg, too, in a way there. A team that seems like it's in the middle. They're close. They should be a playoff team, but there's concern about the offense. And you look at the... The whole idea of game breakers, Ehlers and Connor, you know, they, they could be. And Shifley has scored 40 plus goals, but in terms of offensive depth, I don't, I don't know. So uh, it, it does seem like these two teams are kind of not direct mirrors of each other, but certainly there's some parallels there. And I guess that makes the opener pretty interesting tomorrow. Yeah, and I mean, I, I got to be honest. I, I'm really, I, I'm really interested to see what year two under Rick Bonus looks like because the last time we heard from your head coach last season, remember how disgusted he was after the way things ended against Vegas. And you know, I know Wheeler has uh, moved on, and obviously the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, but there's still a lot of holdovers from that team he was pretty disgusted with. And so, yeah, I'm curious as to how that plays itself out in your market. And it is very similar because the same thing on the back there, they've got like, I think Josh Morrissey is constantly in the top 20 defenseman conversation in the NHL, but Josh is not Miro Haskinen. He's not Tail McCarr. He's not Adam Fox. And the same year, I think Rasmus Anderson is one of the top 15, 20 defensemen in the NHL. He's number one in a lot of teams, but again, he's not that, game breaker on the back that is going to change things and they've got some decent both teams have got some decent depth when you start com- comparing the top two pairings but it's it's they, they do have a lot of similarities and i guess the one thing would be is that connor hellebuck had probably a more pot well definitely had a more positive season last year than jacob markstrom did and you're looking for less of a resounding bounce back from hellebuck and the flames are from Markstrom, but I mean, yeah, these are two teams, veteran goaltenders, over 30, highly paid goaltenders, teams that build in a lot of ways from the uh, goaltender out and worries about scoring and worries about being able to find that next level. It does sound like these two teams are, are the same and they're only uh, separated by a couple provinces. Well, look forward to seeing what happens tomorrow night in Calgary. Pat, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this. Good to talk to you, man. Appreciate it, Kristen. Pat Steinberg of Sportsnet 960. Our pregame show begins tomorrow at 6.30, play-by-play at 9. We'll Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. Place.